It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA season is finally here. And what will the LA Clippers record be in the first 10 games? How important is it for them to get off to a good start to the season? I'm going to be talking about that on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host heading into my 18th season as a Clipper fan, Darian Vaziri. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And of course, to subscribe to my own YouTube channel known as Dime Dropper, where I go live after LA sporting events, mainly basketball games though, of course, and take vlogs when I attend sporting events and also do content on the NBA and its history. Yesterday, I just released a season preview on basically every team and my predictions for the standings, so go check that out. Obviously, you know who is number one in the West, your LA Clippers. And I want to ask you in the comment section, because subscribing to Locked On Clippers and commenting on the YouTube videos is the best way to grow the show. And today's question is, what will the Clippers record be in the first 10 games? I need you to give me your answer. And let's, so we're going to look at those first 10 games today. I'm going to also, also be talking about how important the regular season, or not the regular season really is, because I've talked about that so much, but how important getting off to a good start is for the Clippers. So if we look back the last couple of years since the Kawhi Paul era started, in 2019-20, Clippers got off to a 2-0 start, but of course Paul George wasn't fully healthy, and they lost that next game to the Suns, and they started out pretty well. But it still wasn't really – they didn't hit the ground running per se. And you kind of expected that considering Paul George was going to be out to start that season. The following season, the first season with Ty Lue, you kind of wanted them to hit the ground running as well. And again, they started out 2-0. But then they had the 50-point blowout at the hands of the Mavericks and lost a couple of you know, games they should have won after that, in particular the Warriors game where they had a double-digit lead. But the Clippers in this Kawhi and Paul era – haven't really hit the ground running for real. And if we're being looking back at recent Clipper history, the only years the Clippers really hit the ground running to me were 2013 with the 56-win season, and that was when the Clippers had the December to remember and had the big winning streak. I believe it was 19 games. I forget. 
I think it was 19 games though. And I was, I was at the game where it was, I think number 13 or 14, but the other season was the 2017 season. Clippers started out 10 and two, and then Blake Griffin got injured shortly after. So it would be really nice if the Clippers can get off to a flying start this season, because as I said, I want the Clippers to get a top three seed because no other teams except for the 69 Celtics and the 95 Rockets have ever won a championship lower than the three seed. And in addition to that, I want the Clippers to get a top two seed because they've never had home court advantage in the second round. And that would be absolutely huge. And I think that when people use the phrase, your record doesn't show how good you are. I think that's BS because a large reason people say that is because, oh, you either had a midseason trade that maybe changed your team or you had injuries all season. But if you had injuries all season, that means your best players haven't been playing and are not necessarily in rhythm and have not played with the rest of the team for large stretches of the season, which hurts your chemistry, thus hurting your performance and giving you losses. So your record does reflect how good you are, in my opinion. Now, that doesn't just because you're a good regular season team, though, doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing playoff team. There's a difference. But as far as how you play in the regular season, the record does reflect it to me. And the Clippers need to get those top seats. And I think it'll just solidify chemistry and rhythm in the regular season. And I think getting off to a flying start, which the Clippers have not done, will actually be the reason why they end up getting a top two or three seed. If they can take advantage of the easy schedule that the NBA has gifted us, and I'm about to read you the teams that they're playing, it's ridiculous. So the Clippers should take care of business in a lot of these games. So I'm going to just read off the first 10, and then we'll go through them individually. First, obviously, the opening night on Thursday at the Lakers floor. Then a back-to-back, the first one of the season coming very quickly on Saturday They play the Sacramento Kings at the Golden One Center in Sacramento. The next day on Sunday, the 23rd, is the home opener at the Staples Center against the Suns. And then the Clippers go on the road to Oklahoma City for two straight games against them, not on a back-to-back, Tuesday, October 25th, and Thursday, October 27th. And then Sunday, they come back home to play against the Pelicans on the 30th. And then they have a back-to-back on Halloween. They play against the Houston Rockets the day after that Pelicans game. And then three days later, they go to Houston. Or should I say, I'm sorry, two days later, they go to Houston and play them in Houston on Wednesday, November the 2nd, and San Antonio two days after in San Antonio, and then come back to play against the Utah Jazz on Sunday, November 6th. So the Clippers have three straight Sunday games. One of them is that 12 o'clock start. That's against the Pelicans. But the other games are at 7 o'clock. So the Phoenix game and the Utah game are at 7 o'clock. And even though it's the 11th game of the season, the Clippers have another back-to-back, and that's against the Cavaliers on November the 7th, the day after the Utah game. So let's go through all of them, right? I'm going to start with the Lakers one, but I'm not going to go too in-depth about the season opener because I'm going to make an episode on that tomorrow about that game in more depth. But Clippers-Lakers, I mean – It's going to be an emotionally charged game. You've got Patrick Beverly playing against his former team, and that's his first game for the Lakers. So you know he's going to want to make a big impression on the Laker fan base. And by doing that, he's going to try every single trick in the book to agitate the Clipper players, to be a pest, to get the crowd involved, to act like he's been a Laker, like he's Jerry West or something. Like Actually, that's not a perfect example right now. But 
like I always use the Michael Cooper reference because Michael Cooper is one of those Lakers that just bleeds purple and gold. So he's going to act like that. He's going to act like he's some Laker lifer because that's what Pat Bev does. He just kind of reps the squad that he's playing on so heavy and just kind of it's us against the world mentality with him. So he's going to come out strong. I'm really interested to see what Anthony Davis we get. I mean, both last season, he started out strong in the opening game, but the Lakers fizzled out in the second half in that opening game against the Warriors. Then the year before when they came off the championship, the Lakers didn't even really put in a strong effort that game. LeBron and AD were passengers, kind of were just going through the motions. And the Clippers, obviously coming off the bubble collapse, really wanted to make a point that it's going to be different this season. And Paul George was really good in that game, and the Clippers won. But this season, it's the Lakers who are really coming off a terrible season. So they're going to be very fired up. At least they should be. They got a new coach. But LeBron hasn't really played very well in games against the Clippers. Uh, in recent times as far as far as his time with the Lakers he hasn't really threatened us at all and we'll see what happens in the first game I mean he's gonna have adrenaline year 20 for him but the Clippers should be fired up as well I mean they've been waiting for this and there's no shortage of being fired up when they play the Lakers I mean obviously being like the little brothers quote-unquote the Clippers ever since the Lob City era have taken every game against the Lakers very seriously and I've been on the winning side you know what's the record 32 and 7 in the last 39 games the Clippers have won against them, and they haven't lost in the Tyloo era. So I expect a win. I'd be disappointed if we don't win because even though it's the first game and fluky shit can happen – oh, God, excuse my language. Fluky stuff can happen. I think that the Clippers should beat the Lakers, like straight up should beat the Lakers. They're a better team. So that's my analysis on that one. And it's going to be interesting to see who starts, obviously. We're going to see Kawhi's first game back. I don't expect him to play 30 minutes. It's going to be interesting just to see him out there for the first time. I think people are going to make very knee-jerk reactions if he plays poorly and be like, oh, I'm scared. I don't think Kawhi's going to be the same. Uh, again, I've told you very many, various times, it's going to be a process. It's going to be – it's going to take time, guys. It's going to take time. But coming up, we're going to get into the rest of the schedule, the real meat of it. Obviously, we've, we've all been waiting for this Laker game. It's the one that's on the forefront of our minds. It's the first game of the season. But coming up, going to be talking about the rest. Let's just say the Clippers are 1-0. But let's see if they can go 2-0. Going to talk about those games coming up. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know what I've been really lacking lately? A built bar. And if you haven't tried the new Built Bar Puffs, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Built Bars are chewy goodness with some caramel-looking stuff on the inside. I don't even know what it is, but it tastes so delicious. And they are technically protein bars with 18 grams of protein, a lot of them. The Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, though, has 15 grams of protein, and it's made with 100% real chocolate, so it legitimately tastes like a chocolate bar. The raspberry one is my favorite and reminds me of the Brookside dark chocolate pomegranate things you find. I don't know if you all know what that is, but it reminds me of that. And it has that chewy interior. And I wouldn't even say it, it doesn't have a crunchy exterior. A lot of power bars are a little bit tough, but the built bar is very chewy. Just make sure you have some floss 
uh, standing by you. But the cookie dough chunk pup are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Just run to Built.com to snag a box for you and your family. It's the perfect treat, especially if you want to wake up in the morning and you don't have time to eat breakfast. It gives you that little protein that you need. And, of course, having it before after a workout also works as well. Just go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's LOCKEDON15. All right. So I'm going to thank you again for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. But for your second listen after this is over, go check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022, a six-episode extravaganza that I was involved in and get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts, all of our Locked On hosts, were divided into categories. One was the contenders. Obviously, I was a part of it, being the host of Locked On Clippers and being a host of a contending team. Thank you, Locked On, for considering us. You'd be foolish not to. And then there were the, like, next tier and the next tier and the tanking. You already know how it goes. Play-in teams. So go check those out. I gave some insight on that amongst other Locked On hosts. But now we're back to the schedule. So let's say the Clippers go 1-0 against the, the Lakers. Next game at Sacramento, which brings us our ding, 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 first back-to-back. So what do they do? Now, I don't expect Paul George to sit back-to-backs this early in the season. I think he will play both of these games on Saturday and Sunday. But if they do, and I had to choose, I would say Paul should play against Sacramento and Kawhi should play against Phoenix. Now, you know what, though? It's the home open. I think Paul plays both. I think Paul plays both. He's had all this time to rest. Shouldn't be a big deal to play one back-to-back in October. But Kawhi Leonard is definitely going to sit out one of those games, and I think it's going to be Sacramento. If I were the Clippers, I would rest him against Sacramento because even though they're going to be super charged because it's – is it their home opener? No, it's – let me check if it's their home opener. It's not. Okay, the Sacramento Kings play against the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday, so it's not their home opener. So that brings the excitement down a little bit for their fans. So I think the Clippers should get a win there, even without Kawhi Leonard. I see the starting lineup being whoever they choose between Reggie and John Wall. And then you insert Nico Batum in there with Paul George and and Marcus Morris. That still gives you the ability to switch two through four. And then you have Zubats in there. And off the bench, you still have Robert Covington. The other person that's not playing between John, I'm sorry, the person that's not starting between John Wall and Reggie Jackson, you have Norman Powell, who could have a really big game in that one. And then Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, these guys are going to play, and there's no worry about minutes. Ten guys will play, and it's going to be a really solid ten. So I think the Clippers should beat the Sacramento Kings. And then the next game, the big one, the home opener against the Phoenix Suns. It's on NBA TV, Sunday, October 23rd. I will probably be in attendance very likely, and I will be doing a game day vlog. So go check out my YouTube channel for that. But this game means a lot to me because the Clippers, last they were in the playoffs, got knocked out by the Suns. And they also have Chris Paul. Their fans also tend to talk a little bit more than you know they should recently. But the Clippers should still, in my opinion, harbor some, I don't want to say ill will, but like, want to be looking for revenge out here because that was the first time the Clippers ever made the conference finals. Despite the fact that Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing, that series was still there for the taking in ways, you know, game two, we had the Valley oop and then game four, so many missed opportunities to take the lead. I was at that game. You can go check out the vlog of the game on my channel as well. And so many free throws missed, particularly by Paul George, who we expect so much more of in terms of making free throws. And even though Paul George played his butt off in that series, the Clippers could have done a little bit better. 
But that being said, it's a new season, and they should have the, you know, belief that they're probably going to see the Suns in the playoffs or very well could, and they should send a message to them that now that Kawhi's back, playtime is over, you're not beating us anymore. And one thing that's really, really made the Suns struggle is when they teams go switch everything and there's only one player on their team. Actually, there's two, but they don't use the other one enough. There's one player on their team that can consistently create his own shot off the bounce at a high level these days, and that's Devin Booker. So the Clippers will have better defenders to guard Book, but you're just he's the one that gives the Clippers a tough time at times. But the guy that gives the Clippers an even tougher time is DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton obviously there's been a lot of you know circulation about is he gonna get traded? He's unhappy there. The Suns matched the Pacers offer, but haven't offered him a new contract. And he said he hadn't spoken to Monty Williams. He didn't look very happy at media day. And he's given the Clippers problems. And that's one of the few big men that are skilled in the league that can take advantage if the Clippers go small. But the Chris Paul factor gets really minimized when teams switch everything because he no longer has that burst off the dribble to blow by his defender. And when you put size on him, he has a tough time getting off his shot because he's only six feet. So that's really killed him in the playoffs the last two years when they've lost. And the Clippers will be able to implement that strategy. And because the vibes are going to be so high on opening night, I would love to see the Clippers start out 3-0. But of those first three games, I think the Suns game is probably the most likely for a loss because I just think there's still a better team than the Lakers despite the dysfunction. Then the next two games at Oklahoma City. It's not a back-to-back, so both of our stars should play, and those should both be wins. No excuses. I don't care if they're a young team. I don't care if it's the early part of the season where they're not tanking yet. No excuses. The best thing about – I shouldn't say the best thing, but what gives teams 60-win seasons, bigs-win seasons in any sport? You know, I always say this also for soccer and the the Premier League. Everyone thinks it's always the big games. You need to win the big games. No. Take care of business against the teams you're supposed to beat – And then in the big games, you play your hardest. But if you take care of those little games, that's building wins. That's building chemistry. Not even chemistry, but building rhythm. You know, when a guy like, let's say, I'll give you guys an example. Let's say Robert Covington, right? You don't expect Robert Covington to have 20 points against the Phoenix Suns in a big game. But with the amount of open shots the Clippers are going to create against these weaker teams like the Thunder, Robert Covington could get like eight open threes. Let's say he makes like five of them and then gets like two free throws in another layup. That's 21 points, right? Now he's going into the next game having just gotten hot, having just had a good game. He's feeling himself. He's in a little rhythm. And that gives him a better chance to play well against those bigger teams. And you see it all the time. Like when when a team is off to a really good start to the season, doing better than you expect, and you're like, how are they doing so well? And then they play you, and all of a sudden, guys you don't expect are hitting shots that you're like, whoa. That's because they're in rhythm. They've built that confidence by beating these other teams. And that's what the Clippers need to do. And if they kickstart the season off by beating these teams they're supposed to beat, then when they already start playing against the tougher teams, they'll have that, you know, we're number one in the West. We feel in ourselves right now. And that's going to help them win games as the season goes on. So the Thunder, they need to take care of business both times there. You know, they lost last year on a game winner by SGA in Oklahoma City one time. But of course... No Kawhi, no Paul, different team. They got to get the job done in both of those games, in my opinion, which would make them 5-0 and if we're being generous. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about the final five games. Coming up. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, to close it out, the final five games. The Houston Rockets, actually, I'm sorry, the New Orleans Pelicans. So funny enough, even though this game, this game just seems like it's bound to be a loss, and I don't want to sound pessimistic, but Sunday, October 30th, we have a back-to-back the next day. If I were Kawhi, I'm playing against New Orleans and not Houston. Um, if I were the organization, I don't think Kawhi makes that decision. I think that's the organization's call. But I think they play against the Pelicans. I'm sorry. I think they play Kawhi against the Pelicans, and then against the Rockets, they can afford to sit him. Because the Pelicans are going to be a really good team this year. I mean, they have a really good starting lineup. CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, who I think is going to be a problem for Kawhi and Paul, at least one of them. He's going to be one of the best defenders in the league. Brandon Ingram, who's also a wing defender or wing player with long arms. And then Zion's back. That's going to be really interesting. And Jonas Valanciunas, who one game last season that I went to, the vlog is on my channel, turned into Dirk Nowitzki and made every single three he took. And like, I think that's an exaggeration. He may have missed one or two, but it was legit ridiculous. Like he had 39 points in the game. It was crazy. And the Clippers have really struggled with the Pelicans the last two years. In the 2021 season, they went one and two against them and they got blown out in two of those games. And then last season, they were one and three, one and four if you count the play-in game. So I am not confident about that, especially if it's the 12 o'clock, because it's the 12 o'clock start. That being said, though, it's New Orleans. And they beat the Clippers in the play-in. So they should have a chip on their shoulder, the Clippers playing them again. But I don't know how hungry they are to beat them in particular. I don't know if that playing game meant so much to them because it's like, oh, we didn't have Paul George. But they should still beat him. That was annoying. They beat us on our home floor in front of me and the rest of the fans. That was a tough moment. The Clippers should be fired up. But I don't know about that. It's hard to be fired up for these Sunday 12 o'clock games that aren't playoff games. So forgive me, Clipper Nation. But I think that's going to be a loss. Like, I think we're going to lose that game. I hope I'm wrong. But hopefully, that's our first loss of the season. It could very well be our second, though. But then the next day, Houston at home should absolutely be a win on Halloween. Absolutely. I don't know if I want to go to that game. It's a Halloween's on a Monday this year. So, I mean, Halloween weekend will be an exciting time. But Monday the 31st on Halloween night, I may go to the game. Why not? I've never been to a Halloween game. I don't know if I have anything better to do. And Monday doesn't seem like the latest night for Halloween. So, Staples Center should be going up on that night. Hopefully, the Clippers win. And then going to Texas for two road games against two of the Western Conference bottom feeders, Houston and San Antonio. I think the Clippers should absolutely win both of those. They're not back-to-backs. No excuse. They got to win them. Got to win them. And then Utah back at home. I mean, it's a home game, and the Jazz are terrible, so they should absolutely beat them as well. No excuses. So all things considered, let's put those together. 
And by the way, if the Clippers want to do it strategically, they should play Kawhi in the back-to-back against the Cavs because they're a much better team, and they're going to bring Donovan Mitchell to town alongside Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. And the Cavs smacked the Clippers last year at home. That's another game I have on my channel on the vlog that I went to early in the season last year, and they just shut us down. So that will be an interesting game. I think the Clippers should rest Kawhi on that Sunday against the Jazz. So here's the overall takeaway. At Lakers, I'm going to say a W. At Sacramento, I'm going to say a W. Versus Phoenix, let's just say an L. We'll just ride on the side of, you know, trying to keep it fair if anyone's listening to this that isn't a Clipper fan. At OKC, both games, both should be wins. So that's 4-1. and one. New Orleans, we lose. That's 4-2. and two. Win the next two games against Houston, that's 6-2. and two. And then San Antonio and Utah, that's 8-2. and two. Eight and two would be a really good start to the season. I would love that. But I think the Clippers should really go nine and one if I'm being real. Ten and zero is a little unrealistic. I think they slip up once. But nine and one or eight and two, anything less than that would be really disappointing. Because if the Clippers, let's say they lose to New Orleans, the Lakers, and the Suns, I don't like that. I don't like the Clippers losing two of their first three games to start the season. It does not sit well with me. And they haven't done that in a little while anyway. So nine and one. That's my prediction, and I think it is very important to start the season well because if they do, it can just give them, as I said, like the Warriors did last year. They had a favorable schedule to start the season. They took advantage and took care of business, and then when they started playing the good teams, they had already been in that rhythm. Jordan Poole, Otto Porter, all these guys were feeling themselves. Steph Curry had a really strong start, and they went on to like a 19-3 and start. The Clippers can do the same. They just got to take care of business to start the season, and that starts with the Lakers on Thursday. And I will obviously be posting an episode about that, but I'm also going to post an episode tomorrow previewing the game on Wednesday. So, and I'm also going to have watched the Laker game tonight against the Warriors. So I'll have a little bit more insight about what they look like. Again, if you want to catch me tonight after the Laker game and hear my analysis, I'll be live on my YouTube channel at Dime Dropper. And of course, if you want to subscribe to this channel, you should have already been subscribed, but Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying it. And, of course, give me constructive criticism. I'm always looking to improve. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Remember to comment what the Clippers record is going to be after the first 10 games. I give you mine. I'm going with 9-1, and one, though. I know I said 8-2, and two, but I'm going with 9-1 and because I'm a Clipper fan. I'm going to be optimistic. And all these teams are not as good as us. Point blank. End of story. So 9-1 and one it is. Let me know what you think. Thanks for joining me today. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. And the age-old proverb continues as the season begins. Go Clippers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.